I'm Paul, ready. Paul, are you recording locally? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I always record locally. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the Vergecast, the flagship podcast of TheVerge.com, a, a multi-channel media experience mm-hmm. about technology and culture and talking it off angles into this microphone to irritate our audio engineer. That's a, mm-hmm. I think we need a new tagline. Yeah, I, I think mean, we should be we should be the eighth the eighth planet orbiting Trappist One. Ooh, Trappist One! I have to say, great name, really? great name for really? a solar system. Yeah, it sounds uh, Trappist. <laughs> I thought when no, they make they make really we good go to beer the place there. Called Trap. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know, guys. <laughs> I thought it sounds like a sci-fi novel. I thought it That's sounds good. It's right. fine. Anyway, this is again the Vergecast. I'm Neil Patel. Paul Miller is here. Hello. Dieter Bone is here. Hey. Christopher yeah. Thomas Plant is joining what the Vergecast today. Hey, Chris. That's my full name. You can steal my identity now. Yeah. Get in there. His, uh, <laughs> we'll tell you his social security number at the end of the show. So stick <laughs> around. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so many Gamer Gators are going to be thrilled. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Finally. Uh, and Ashley Carmen's here. Hello. How's it going? It's going great. It's like a party show It's a, party it's a show full today. boat. Party show. It's the, a full the boat. flagship the is yacht. a full boat. Can I tell you that we moved into this new office and now I commute by a boat and I ride a boat twice a day now. Yeah, that's and, how you Brooklyn people do it. And I really, I really think about how successful I am every time I'm on that boat. <laughs> it's not like a great it's not my boat. Right. It's not even like a fancy boat. I just literally am like, I am once again on a boat. Mm. I'm happy that's for it. you. That's it. I'm very there's happy no, for you. It, there's not even a rest of it. There's not even more thoughts. Mm. <laughs> it's just like peace. I'm just at peace for the 18 minutes in which I ride a boat to work. Anyway, there's tech news. Boats are technology, by the way. Some might say the first technology. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know what? I, I would guess not. I would guess that it would say the wheel or literally anything else. <laughs> Shadow gadget. Uh, boats, the first technology. My new, <laughs> my new pop science book will be going on sale at airports uh, in a few months. If if you lived on a sandy beach with, mm. well, see if you had trees, you'd be making fire already. Yeah, but you wouldn't make a wheel because it's sandy beach. Yeah, this you'd is like, literally oh, how sucks. fake Let's news make a is boat. made. Why roll when I can float? You know what I'm <laughs> <laughs> Said the first humans. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Chris, I you're there's a, a lot going on this week. In the news, uh huh. Like, I'm sorry. Happening. Why roll when I can float is like definitely the best thing to say when you're high. <laughs> <laughs> and now the true secret of the Verge cast has been revealed. Uh, now it's not true. Very sober show. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I mean, Ashley is on her like third Lacroix. I'm so buzzed. <laughs> you're sparkling. <laughs> Do you know uh, they serve Lacroix liqueur? Have you seen this? Is There's it? like spiked um, carbonated water. Isn't that just LaCroix with vodka in it? Yeah, like, I've like seen they, it in the store. I'm like, I, I think I know what you're doing. Speaking mm. of vodkas, hey, uh, oh. this show is brought to you mm-hmm. by a joke that is now exactly one year old. Oh, we have boy. a clip. Wait, we'll do it later. Uh, We're it's one do it year old, Neil, but it hasn't aged a day. <laughs> no, no one's sick of this at all. Because <laughs> it was never good. <laughs> Scissor vodka. It's our vodka brand. There's a lot of news about. Stay tuned. Uh-huh. But anyway, Paul. Yeah. Cut through the night. Snip, snip. <laughs> the joke keeps getting longer. Anyway, Chris. You know what I love about podcasting? Mm-hmm. There's no way for you to tell when people stop listening 
So the people that have <laughs> <laughs> were like two minutes in are like, well, screw this episode and dropped. We like we they just are like a full listener. If you've hung on this long, <laughs> you are a true Vergecast patriot. Thank well, you. For Vox listening. Media hired to the long tail. Vox Media hired a new like podcast EP, like to <laughs> see pod like make podcasting a real thing across the company. And I met uh-huh. with her yesterday. And she's like, I've been listening to the Vergecast. And my instinctive <laughs> response was, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and she's like, no, it's a great show. I'm like, I don't know. Were you listening to the right one? Anyway, we're going to do news. Mm-hmm. Chris. What up? You played with the Switch, the Nintendo Switch. I, you, yeah. you literally put your... I have to say this. I said this to you mm-hmm. earlier today. I'll say it again to you now in front of all of our listeners. You know, Scott, <laughs> you're the sky's above us. You're, Chris, you're fired. No, I thought I thought you're... Uh, and that's that's how we do it here at The Verge. Welcome to The Vergecast. Uh, this will be your last day at Vox Media. Please clean your things out of your home office and go. <laughs> and enjoy this complimentary scissor vodka. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Uh, no, but you played the Switch. I thought your hands-on post was actually beautifully written, uh, particularly because the tactility of the thing is important. And you just I thought you described the tactility of it really well. You want to tell me about it? What can I say? The hand feel it <laughs> is pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. So what can I tell you? is Nintendo made a very large screen. It's like if you took two Nestle Crunch bars and you like laid one on top of the other. And you're like, now it's a video game console. Um, except for you can attach two controllers to each side. Their little wireless controllers are like itty-bitty um, Wiimotes. You, yeah. can, you can remove them and they work wirelessly. And it plays Zelda. And all of the little ways that things click on, they have this beautiful ASMR sound to them. Some of it is heightened, as in literally Nintendo added a sound effect that goes along with the tactile click of putting the controllers on. So you can hear it in the the trailers for it at the very end. There's this like, it goes like, switch. I can't do it. Like, click. (laughs) Like that. It sounds like that. Pretty much exactly like that. Click. Um, really? And you, yeah. It's no. just like a guy yelling the word <laughs> click. <laughs> it's me. Um, but you know, no, that sounds like oh, that's that's that wouldn't make sense. Except, so I don't know if this break. I, mean, I don't really care if this breaks embargo. Um, there, there are these menus in the system. The system basically doesn't do anything right now. Like it yeah. needs a patch. You can't. Go on to an eShop to download your stuff. You can't download anything. You literally currently cannot format the micro SD card. <laughs> you will use the storage. It's like, mm-mm-mm, not going to work. But there are still, like, tiny menus. And when you load them, they're written, like, short letters. And they're signed by a woman named Amelia. <laughs> Wait, that's, what? That's Wait, real. What, I, I, I need to put what? this on the site. It's real. There is a fictional character named Amelia that Nintendo has created, and she is your guide by way of little notes she has left throughout the Nintendo Switch. But otherwise, it is the most like it is the most boring and like simple user interface Nintendo has ever designed. That's good. Uh, when they try to do terminals. things in software, it's always bad. No. So, well, here's the thing is, it's utterly boring, but it's still just as, like, <laughs> poorly designed oh, layout-wise. The layout, <laughs> I mean, it's, there are, like, what? Like, going to be four games for it at launch? I think, like, there are a few more 
Yeah. I don't know. No, Wait, no Ashley, you, what was the one that you were saying you were oh, excited yeah. about? So I heard from The Verge that there are two games that are particularly interesting to me. The first is you get to eat sandwiches with your friends, like fake sam- like virtual sandwiches. And then also you get to walk like a model or something like uh-huh. that. Those are those are the same game. <laughs> what? That seems yes. like very different games to me. <laughs> Complete yeah. opposites, actually. And uh, uh, strut to lunch, the breaking <laughs> yeah, hot yes. new switch game. <laughs> um, I I I will rumor put this under under maybe true, but the word is that game. It's called One Two Switch. Okay. Okay. And it's a collection of like wacky mini games. Oh yeah. The rumor capital R, rumor, is that Nintendo just didn't send it out to uh, video game sites and sent it to, like, USA Today. Because they were like, oh. we know for a fact video game nerds are going to just <laughs> take the biggest shit all over this. <laughs> we have to send it to, wow. like, people at USA Today who haven't, like, played That's, a game like, since literally Pac-Man. why I like this. I don't play video games, and I'm like, oh my god, I can eat a virtual sandwich. Yeah, I think video game nerds would love that. Like, they can, like, cradle a crying baby is another game. They (laughs) they made a commercial for it, and it's a woman, like, you hear a baby crying and and see her rocking it, and then it pulls back to reveal she's rocking a fake child on the Nintendo Switch screen. Are you rocking the tablet or the controller? The tablet, the whole thing, and then you have to set it down on the table. So when you're playing, and then walk away. When you're playing the sandwich game, do you eat the tablet? I listen. No, no, you, eat the, you? you eat the controller. You make little. Okay. Mouth yeah. there, there's an IR you make, sensor you make on one of the Joy Cons, or maybe both of the Joy Cons. Okay, sure. They can detect biting. That's, I don't know. I saw it, and yeah, then it, Nintendo's it, official unboxing they're talking about it detecting you when your mouth closed okay I, I buy it <laughs> i mean it's like not actually a hard thing to detect have you really thought sure because if you're shooting an ir beam great <laughs> have you ever thought about that something could detect your mouth <laughs> yes <laughs> I, that's something i i generally spend my lunch breaks on i was waiting for a, a fr- <laughs> this is such a bad story it has nothing to do with the switch i was waiting we were my wife and i were waiting for friends to get off a train. We were like waiting to pick them up at a train station, and mm-hmm. I watched the train roll in. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure the nerds who listen to the show will understand this reaction I had to train. I said, "Train <laughs> wheels are so weird." And Becky looked at me and she goes, "Your brain works in a completely different way than mine." And she just like walked away. <laughs> but that's how I feel about the IR blaster and the switch. It's yeah, like, no, that makes you sense. Once you say I mean, to me. I... The IR boss are going to... I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I think I know how that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, it's just detecting a distance, and then you're cutting the... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> the plane. Anyway, so, Chris, you've been playing with the what, Switch. There, what, so is, you, what can you do with wheels? it right now? Okay, well, I can say that the, literally the only thing I can do with the with the system is play Zelda. Okay. Um, and, so it's the perfect can... video game system. <laughs> yeah. I, I, oh, don't worry. A number of commenters have already made sure I understood that. <laughs> and <laughs> let me know that it was pointless for me to say anything other than it can play Zelda. And that was a grave offense on my part. <laughs> um, so so comments. I, I want them to know that I appreciate them and I hear them. Yeah. Um, and I didn't mute them on Twitter. I <laughs> listened to everything they have to say. There you go. Um, but yeah, that's what it does. It right now, it plays Zelda, and it turns out um, for I think a, a number of people that will be okay. I think that will be enough. I think they will spend three hundred dollars for the system, and then what sixty dollars for the game, and then twenty dollars for the DLC, 
and I think they'll be pretty pleased as punch because being able to play a big open world Zelda game wherever you want for, I mean, however long the battery lasts, which is not especially long, it does feel pretty great. And so far, it is a pretty good game. Yeah. Especially if you like weird, really weird games that don't really tell you what to do. I spent a lot of time trying to kill a pig because I need to make a soup. Um, and, and that is my Zelda experience, which is not the traditional uh, go get the boomerang and the bomb and kill the bad guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But why isn't it ready? Like, I'm just looking at, I'm looking at the list of headlines from today. There's no virtual console at launch. The online purchase thing seems very confused. The battery pack situation seems messy. I mean, I think you and I have both linked to the Chris Grant piece about the Wii U and the Switch. And, like, the Wii U was not ready at all. Yeah. And they just didn't, like, Nintendo is just bad at executing. Uh, So, yes and no. Yeah, I mean, yes. Okay, I mean, basically, yes. <laughs> so, here's, here's, here's my question well, about it not being ready. Okay. When they gave the software developers the deadline, mm-hmm. why didn't they just tell them their deadline was last week instead <laughs> of next week? Okay, fair question. Um, here, Here's what I will say about it. Two two things. And you I'll try need to, to answer these. my I'll question. I'll try to condense it's an important No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer it, but they're kind of, they build on top of each other. One okay. is this. I think, and it's, yeah, we have to go way back in time to the launch of the Wii U. I think they wanted to get the Wii U out ahead of PlayStation 4 and Xbox One as much as possible. Um, because graphically, they weren't going to compete. And I think they, th- I think they thought that they had uh, enough to go off of. Uh, with their games library at the time, and they didn't. And then what what that resulted in was they suddenly um, didn't have games that people were interested in, but they needed to make people care. So they did this bat crazy thing where they essentially announced everything they were going to do for the console years ahead. Um, and it was terrible because it spoiled... I mean, I, I always want to know, uh, you know, game leaks, yada, yada, yada. But the result was that they kind of showed all their cards and then it became this giant waiting game. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point, the system started to die. They didn't know if they were even going to keep these games on this system. And then they ultimately decided, hey, we need to cut our losses and just move on to the next thing. And they started on the Switch, right? And they're like, okay, great. Like, we're going we're gonna to really beat... Uh, Microsoft and PlayStation to the punch, like before PlayStation 5 and Xbox 2 or whatever. <laughs> um, and But but then uh, Microsoft and PlayStation were like, yo, what's up? We're just going to release a new Microsoft and PlayStation thing every year or so from now on. And then Nintendo was like, oh, damn it. It's happening all over again. We need to rush this thing out because <laughs> clearly that worked last time and do the exact same thing. So suddenly we have this scenario of like, yeah, um, it's out uh, tomorrow and um, Mario is going to happen. Don't ask us when, but like roll that beautiful bean footage. Yeah. Uh, New Donk City, everybody. And that I think is like the pickle that they're in is I think they just... I think they didn't know that they were going to have to get this out the door so, so quickly. And that's why we have it shipping with a day one patch. 
what's happening the week have... after next that they needed to get it out ahead of? Yeah. So I think I think what that means is like you know how like literally today we found out that they don't have a virtual console. I yeah. think they were literally deciding okay what is close enough to finished and the week before like where can we put our resources and get this out the door and then after that we'll just have to add on things later like i think the oh, reason so it's, that okay. it's it's literally this week is they probably had 10 things they wanted and then today they were like okay which of these are shippable and I, I think the system that we'll have on day one, again, this is a lot of speculation, so cushion, cushion. Um, but I think the system we'll get day one is literally like, hey, this is just what we have right now. Um, and we'll get back to you as soon as we have the rest. It just seems... So it's the, it's the Google I.O. version of console development. Yeah, isn't everybody sure. else, isn't every, aren't you sick? I'm just sick of companies not releasing finished products. It's like this is where we've just landed in the universe where because we can ship software to everything over the air whenever we want, we're like, here's a piece of garbage. Well, what did the, the wait Wii, for it? What did the Wii U have at launch? They had the zombie game and then they had the the mini the collection of mini games, right? Yeah, and in the like Wii U had the uh advantage of uh ubisoft support which was kind of the reliable thing of the last generation Mm. like when everything launched you could count on like ubisoft just completely supporting it out the gate and having four or five uh okay maybe like maybe one like interesting game and then like three okay and then like two real bad games but they didn't have a zelda for they the Wii U, Zelda, and no. they didn't have a Mario or a Mario Kart at launch. They did have a Mario. They had a new Super Mario, and it was like not that great. Oh, the, one of those two Ds. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't mess with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, look. so I, I bought the Wii U, mm-hmm. and um, this is while I was off the internet, so I didn't have to even like <laughs> think about this software update that everybody was complaining about. Um, I just bought it. It was like near Thanksgiving, I think, because uh, like I immediately brought it to this party where a bunch of people are hanging out. And we just played a bunch of games, and it could you could use your old like Wii controllers, and like I think that's uh, at least Nintendo typically offers some fun out of the box, and uh, I, I don't know. I, I haven't played this. What is it called? I always forget. Switch one, two, it up. Switch. One, two, switch. One, two, switch. Switch it up. Okay. Switch it up. I yeah, just haven't played be. these mini games. Who knows? That sounds it's, like it's an ad campaign fun. for Tab. But I, I, sick I, of Diet I, Coke. Switch it up. I feel like Nintendo <laughs> oh, is God. less of a like a platform company and more of like, hey, we could probably deliver you some fun. Let's. So, I think we're ready to <laughs> deliver you a little bit of fun right now. There'll be more fun later. Here, here's my devil's advocate that actually builds on that and why they could be like totally okay and why this might not be like the Wii U is. Look at the launch of the Nintendo 3DS, which was, I don't know if you remember it, but real bad. They shipped a piece of hardware that, like, essentially the 3D did not quite work like you would hope. It made you feel gross. It, you had to look, keep your head, like, right in a locked position. The screen wasn't very bright. There were no good games. Like, I think the big game was Steel Divers, where you were a... Uh, you know, Steel Divers, that popular uh, Nintendo franchise about submarines. You go you know, diving steel for steel. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. There's a cave That's of every... water in it, and you go diving down. Who who can forget you Steel, steel Divers? underwater. Okay. 
thank you. <laughs> thank you for joining me on that little <laughs> that little dialogue. Um, but so yeah, so it was it was really really bad. And then Nintendo basically did this mea culpa where they were like, hey, you know what? That that was like really crummy of us. Here are here's a pack of like fifteen or sixteen free virtual console games. Um, and if you bought one, they're just there. Go download them. We're really, really sorry. Oh, and it turns out we're finally going to release the games you actually like. Um, so Animal Crossing and Mario Kart uh, and uh, what is it? The the RTS that just came out. Oh, my gosh. Why am I blanking on it? I Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem. Thank you. All, all those games finally came out. And uh, and great. The system is really fantastic. And, and now there's all this stuff for it. The great twist here being... Uh, Nintendo apparently just doesn't make Nintendo 3DSs anymore, so there are games for it, and you literally can't buy a new one. Like, they sell out instantly when they get these annual pre-orders, or semi-annual or whatever, um, but they're, they're almost impossible to find otherwise. Uh, I guess because Nintendo has diverted its uh, manufacturing focus to the Switch, yeah, uh, the one that doesn't have games. So, yeah, I want this thing to be successful. Yeah, I think, I think it has a shot. I would just say... I think it will be a while before it like finds itself. I don't think it's going to have like an identity problem the way the Wii U did because the inherent problem with the Wii U was like the core idea was terrible. <laughs> what if what if we gave you a we we ripped off the used screens on the back of old airliner seats <laughs> and we said you could only use it six feet uh, from your tv like how how would that feel for you um and also like you can only have one so like we know it's terrible but we also don't want you to have too much terrible um like they fixed that in the in the switch the core concept of like hey it's a console and it goes wherever you go and you can connect with friends over land and we're so confident that you'll be like playing with other people that you can literally share system updates via local area connections <laughs> which is hilarious to me um i think like that that is like really solid and you can build something on that unfortunately they like laid the foundation and they're like who's ready to buy a house <laughs> and and a lot of people are like does that house let zelda in and they're like sure and like cool yeah where, where do i sign up that's pretty much the nintendo story all right the switch we're gonna we have more lots of switch right gdc is coming there, yeah, there's we have reviews coming more. like all, all kinds of we're gonna happening. see indie games for it so yeah. like yeah, that's an interesting thing is they're supporting or Unity and Unreal Engines are going to be, which are used to make a lot of the tablet games that people play. So you could definitely see indies who are making a tablet game. Over or under how many months until somebody puts Android on this thing for real? Um, I mean, it might be zero months. It might run on Android right now. Do we still not know? That? We still don't know. <laughs> All right. Speaking uh, of Android, hold on. I want to, We gotta get off the switch. We've been on it almost all the time. I mean, there's like half a show off, but whatever. I want to do one thing, and then I want to read <laughs> so the ad, and then I want to. I want to talk about MWC. Wait, what's your over under if it's not running Android? I don't know what over under means. Is it? <laughs> is it like a ratio? Pick it. Pick a number of months. It'll be under three months, over three months, over six months, over six months. Okay. Because they got to break it, presumably, if it's not running Android. Yeah, and it's a no slightly non-standard chip, and yeah. Okay. So speaking of slightly non-standard chips, Dieter, you had a scoop. There's all kinds of chip news. Yeah. I want Dieter, I want you to talk about the OP1. I want Paul to talk about Ryzen. I want mm -hmm. Ashley to keep looking yeah. at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> uh, what you've been doing for some time. I'm here yeah. for it. <laughs> the 
the scoop yeah, I actually buried at the very end because I like found it at like right before I hit publish is Google is going to start to start a new marketing campaign, which oh, is God. surely for uh, Chromebooks or maybe a Chrome tablet, maybe a Pixel tablet that runs Chrome OS that they're probably going to make some kind of ad campaign for Chrome OS that uh, its tagline is going to be bye bye laptop. Hello, app top. Yeah. Mm. Yes. I feel like we should just shut it down right now. <laughs> like, The Verge just, had a great run, uh, and it's great. And we just had a pretty new redesign. We got, a, you know, it's. Hey, Neela, I, I'm really got? proud of the company. Is that a laptop? That's no. an app top, Paul. No way. You idiot. <laughs> it's obviously an app top. Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was like 12 or 13, I probably told this story before. I had the longest running argument with my neighbor down the street of whether Who they should be thought called. thought that netbooks were stupid, right? No, it was notebooks oh. versus power books. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, thought, I really wanted you to say on. joke books. <laughs> <laughs> Can we start a label for joke books for bad laptops? Oh, that's breaker. not bad. Joke, joke, joke book of the week. Um, anyway, how about, Dieter. How about app stop? <laughs> uh, if you so want to know how things are named thing started, at the Verge, it's like this uh, but worse. Anyway, yeah. Dieter, keep going. The whole thing started because uh, I reviewed the Chromebook Plus, which is an ARM-based Chrome OS laptop uh, Chromebook, and it was really good. And I was like, huh, I thought ARM uh, chips were garbage. Uh, and this thing is really good and fast. And it benchmarks almost as well as an Intel chip. What's going on? Who, what is this chip? This chip is called the OP1. What the shit is an OP1? Who makes it? So I Google OP processor and the website that comes up is, um, what is op.com? <laughs> so you go to what is op.com and it tells you the OP chip is, is designed for Chromebooks. I'm like, huh, but who makes it? The website doesn't tell you who made the website, doesn't tell you who made the chip, and is registered anonymously so you can't tell where it came from. Hmm. Luckily, uh, there's this guy who Paul uh, probably remembers named Charbax. Yes. Charbax. Yes. Charbax. Charbax runs a website called Arm Devices. And uh, at CES earlier this year, he pointed out that uh, the OP1 is actually a rock chip processor. Uh, and Rockchip is like, they're like in the same league as like MediaTek, where it's like an ARM processor from a company that you've barely heard of. And if you see it on a spec sheet, you just assume that that thing is garbage, right? Like if you see an Android tablet that has a Rockchip processor, you're like, oh, that's probably bad. I won't buy it. Right. right? Not that the chips are garbage, just that it means that they're not putting it means premium it was parts cheap. in there. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And Rockchip um, chips used to be garbage. Not anymore. Right. But once upon a right. time. Okay. Yeah. So turns out that OP is just a brand that Google made up that anybody who's making a Chromebook can use if they meet Google's spec to instead of the name of the processor that you probably don't trust. That's the whole thing. It's hmm. a brand that Google made up. So that why will, does this people use. run Chrome OS better than all of the other ARM devices? Oh, well... Um, because it's optimized for Chrome OS. Uh, so the deal with like a system on a chip is there's, you can have multiple versions of like ARM processors. There's like big little configurations and little, little configurations and big, big configurations. So like there's the heavy duty processor and the like chill do low power stuff processor. On top of that, there's like 
the memory bus and the cache and like all the crap that like goes around the thing that does the raw computation. And uh, Google worked with Samsung and Rockchip to optimize all the stuff. Like they said, Samsung, you could, if you spent $5 more on using this Wi-Fi chip instead of that Wi-Fi chip, it'll talk to the motherboard better and this will work better. And like they just, they just optimize all the parts basically. Yeah. So is that what and, gets you the OP thing or is it just, hey, Google? Well, no. No, actually, neither of those things. <laughs> it's so freaking weird. Um, Google does like like whenever whenever there's a new Chromebook that comes out, you can like go look at like the GitHub's and all the other like open source development stuff and find the code name for the Chromebook. And there's Google employees working to optimize it. Google actually works with basically every Chromebook that comes out. It's not like Android where like you can like go and just launch the thing and not talk to Google at all. Um, and I don't know yet if, if you have, there's like a higher level of collaboration, like a Nexus program that means it gets to be OP or not. Yeah. But I mean, I called up, I called up Google. I was like, what the hell? And they're like, talk to Arm. And Arm's like, no, no, talk to Google. And then I called Google. Again. I was like, I'm talking to you now. And uh, there's no money that trains hounds when uh, something gets called OP. Google owns the trademark. And by verifying that, that's how I found that. Bye-bye yeah. <laughs> uh, laptop, hello, laptop thing. Um, and uh, Google is not the one who decides this is called OP. It's up to the manufacturer of the Chromebook and the chip maker. Hmm. So yesterday you and I argued about whether or not this was Nexus. Right. Right. So it's here's, here's my read because on this. This, is okay. why, this is why I make the parallel of Nexus. Yeah. The Nexus program was Google saying, mm-hmm. we're going to design a phone. And then they would go to a manufacturer like HTC or LG or Huawei. Right. And they would basically take a phone off the shelf and be like, right. make these design tweaks. Yes. And then they would do that. and But they were never really meaningful design tweaks. It was like the, usually right. the exterior. And they would say, this is a Nexus phone, and they would run stock Android on it. What Basically, is different they, but, than this? That's the same thing. They're going well, to the other manufacturers who make chips can come to Google and be like, we made a Chromebook. We put a random rock chip in it. Um, it meets you know, some minor spec requirements of yours. And Google's like, great, OP1. Uh, it's different for a few reasons. Uh, one, they did do a little bit more with the Nexus stuff, and specifically, like, Nexus was – in part, in some cases, designed to like prove that Android could run well on a certain processor architecture. Um, two, this isn't like like the the Nexus stuff was like associated with Google, and OP is like sort of associated with Google, but not really because they anonymously registered the website. It's like the point of the OP brand is to not make you think, oh, that's a MediaTek chip that must suck. Like it's just there to make you feel better about buying an ARM device. Um, and the level of collaboration, I don't think, is that much higher than before. The one weird, like, thing to talk about with like the Nexus program, which is basically done, is Google's doing Nexus-like program stuff right now. So the the two LG watches, I think the yeah. thing on the box had like designed with our friends at Google, which is hilarious. Yeah. And actually, these They're two friends. Chromebooks, the friends. Plus and the Pro, were like really like Google was very much involved in a Nexus like way in the creation of the Samsung Chromebook plus and pro. Um, the next, the, the, the big question is the next time we see a laptop that says it has an OP processor, 
will Google have been that involved in it or will it just be there because, I don't know, Asus doesn't believe you like want to buy a rock chip? Or will this whole thing just go away? Because if the point of OP is as a marketing device, they haven't done much marketing around it except make one like kind of meh website. Yeah. So it's not like a great website. I really wish we had Squarespace as a sponsor this week, but we don't. (laughs) (laughs) Because that would have been that that's a real Squarespace integration. But to me, the the like the larger thing here to pay attention to isn't like the you know, incredibly nerdy mystery of like this, the name of this processor and the trademark. The thing that's important is we are going to start seeing arm based laptops and tablets. Uh, we've already, we've already got good arm tablets. We've got the iPad, but we're going to start seeing arm devices that run windows and that run Chrome OS that are going to be like really good this year the chromebook plus is basically there except that android apps the software is still bad but we might see like there's going to be this race to like make a cheap you know less expensive laptop that runs on an arm processor instead of an intel processor that's like good enough for like to be your main computer and who's going to win that race windows said they're going to do it and now google's got a head start on everybody and apple's like everyone's just just assuming that they're working on it too but like we don't know what the plan is there for like software work but either way intel laptops are like going to be facing an assault from arm laptops and that i think is really interesting because arm has a better reputation for battery life and it uh, you know it's cheaper and connectivity it's better at doing you know phone stuff and we want our laptops to do more phone stuff. Like, talk to the modem, talk to the accelerometer, talk to the barometer, whatever the shit. I need a barometer uh, laptop <laughs> immediately. Right? Well, I'm right. a sailor and, now. No. I, I live on a boat. <laughs> not knowing the relative air pressure is very important. To me. Um, so there's another piece of this. Paul, yes. you were very excited about the AMD Ryzen. I want to just say this. I want to say it out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a terrible name. For anything, it sounds like it sounds like a rejected character from a Mortal Kombat sequel. Yeah. I was gonna say Street Fighter Two. Like they're like, what's better than Ryu? Ryzen. I, for me, there's two ways to think about it. You're rising up. <laughs> no. Or you're looking no. into the Ryzen. No. Right? no. Right. So it could go both ways. So here's here's the, the long and the short of it. That's the Verge cast, everybody. We'll see you next week. AMD is hang on, hang on. Can I can I get a, an uh, app top that runs Ryzen? Uh, well, okay. Chrome OS does work on um, Intel. Yeah. So That's yeah. True. Okay. Yeah. Tell us tell me about the Ryzen. But it wouldn't AMD's be a laptop. Been, AMD's been out of the game. These are desktop processors. AMD has been out of the game for so long. What is going on here? They. They just did a good job. They, <laughs> like, except on the name. They, they've been really lagging behind. The Intel. Ryzen logo looks like okay. it is a 1990s Las Vegas Japanese restaurant. Yes. Okay. It's spelled with a Z. It's spelled, right. it's spelled, it's spelled with, a Z. with a Y-Z. Yes, yeah. Ryzen. Neela, I want you to focus on this. This is 200 meters 200 of meters? wiring. Oh, yeah. This is power right here. So, so okay, they're launching. New- I like to measure my chip's power by meters of wiring. They're launching their high-end desktop chips, right? They're launching their equivalent of Intel's i7 chips. And the, yeah. the, the, the big takeaway is that their top-end chip is $500. It's almost exactly as fast, maybe slightly faster. 
We don't have all like we have AMD benchmarks and some early benchmarks are coming out, and it seems like it's about almost exactly as fast as Intel's uh, top end Core i7, which costs one thousand dollars. Yeah. So AMD came into a market that just kind of had stopped being like who else? You, there's nobody else to go to get a top end Core i7. You go get it from Intel, and AMD's like, hey, we'll give you that same power for half the price. What's the power usage? Uh, I think there's like I think those are around like 95 watts. Okay. I mean, AMD just has this reputation of being really hot and power hungry. Well, right? so these are probably going to be so they're they are doing slightly fewer instructions per clock cycle, so that so they all these AMD chips have slightly higher gigahertz than the Intel equivalent, while still getting the same amount of. Uh, Performance, but it, the the price thing, and, and you know, there's plenty of ways. I mean, 95 watts. There's plenty of ways to power that and cool that, and it's totally fine. And if you're the sort of enthusiast building a, a desktop like this, you've got plenty of headroom. For, you just want for an excuse like to this. water cool that PC. I, no. That's what I'm looking for. How can I make this a fish tank? <laughs> uh, I I just I don't think you'll have to. I mean, if you w- want to overclock this, you. Totally, yeah. totally water cool. I just what's so exciting about this is is this aggressive of competition. It means Intel's going to have to up its game, and Intel obviously will come out with something that will be faster than this in the next like three to six months. I mean, I think that Intel has to up its game. But, story is actually the story of Intel over the what, Dieter. What did you say? Two years now, like they've yeah. just not delivered for two years, but they don't have they they haven't had a competitor like. You know this charming sushi restaurant of a processor. Um, they, <laughs> you just got to look at the logo. I'm not kidding. That's but I mean, it's not even. It's not. They even haven't had that, like, and they haven't had it on ARM, right? The ARM performance and coming onto laptops hasn't been there. So they've been in stasis. They deliver the last generation of chips. You know, I don't think it was ever conclusively proven, but it really felt like it had problems. Yep. And then KB Lake is basically that that amount of performance with fewer problems. Right. So they, they've just been doing nothing. And now they've got a big desktop competitor in a world where people care about building gaming PCs and they're buying, they're building and buying PCs that care, that do this mm-hmm. stuff. These, Whether also, or not, these are also important for the server market. Yeah. I mean, that's really where a lot of the money is If this for this kind of chip, this kind of architecture. Right. Um, and then you look at where where are laptop sales increasing? It's, Chromebooks to schools and Google's like gonna throw an ARM chip in their Chromebooks and figure that out maybe, and it's like Apple the low end of Apple's line if they switch it to ARM and they radically increase the battery life and the ARM processor is powerful enough to do a lot of things like in like all of Intel's growth suddenly looks like man I hope this Windows laptop renaissance goes as well as we all hope it does because it's pretty interesting right now which is a pretty weird thing to bet your business on yeah. It's I'm just, just, a moment. I'm no, just it, excited, it, it, and I can maybe spend time next week being worried or concerned about Intel. But like right now, I'm just excited. You're excited for AMD. Here's yeah. the thing: Will this chip work with the NVIDIA GTX 1080? Yeah. So the thing is, is you have to have a motherboard that's compatible with the computer. Right. So you can't swap this into an Intel Got compatible it. motherboard. But any like graphics card, obviously. Okay, I'm just checking because yeah, it's AMD. You never know. They could, like put no, they wouldn't do you like that. <laughs> Intel, <laughs> Nvidia, and AMD have not like you historically know, wanted to play nice with the, each other. The other situation right now we've we've had is is Microsoft had DirectX 12, Apple's making Metal. Like these are the low yeah. level graphics APIs, 
And then AMD was making one called Mandel, something like that. And AMD was like, hey, this low-level graphics API that we're making to be proprietary and competitive, we'll just give that to the OpenGL Association. Oh. And that's what Vulkan uh, is. I love a standard. See? Oh, See? I, love, wow. I love a good standard. You the, got, I got to be honest with you. Good guy AMD. No, right that's there. really, that's great. I didn't realize that's where Vulkan came from. Right. Dieter, I feel like one day you and I are going to be standing on the, the the flaming wreckage of the world, still screaming about how <laughs> open standards are good for everyone. <laughs> like, this nuclear holocaust is great because everyone's participating equally. <laughs> and we'll be looking at that through Crizal Nuclear Lenses. If you wear glasses, <laughs> mm-hmm. then you know. Can I just mm-hmm. say this before I read this ad? Literally the only negative notes about the Vergecast we've gotten lately, and we should be getting a lot more about many more things, but mm-hmm. the only ones are people want me to read the Crizal ad better. What? People are <laughs> criticizing your ad reading skills? I guess people love yeah. Crizal. What? It's, I, I'm not saying I'm doing a good job. It's like the criticism is warranted. Wow. Just, of all of the things that you could criticize about this show. The audience loves messaging. They love brand messaging. But look, it's because they hate fingerprints, smudges, scratches, and glares that mm-hmm. are a constant obstruction to their vision and a huge distraction. Sometimes you end up focusing more on what's on your glasses than what's going on around you. That's why the people love Crizal no glare lenses. They give you the clearest vision possible by offering resistance to glare, scratches, and scratches. I just read that really badly. You can tweet at me. I'm at Reckless. Just let me know. That means no more blinding glares from the headlights of oncoming traffic while driving at night. No more fingerprint sponges from taking your glasses on off. No more scratches from cleaning your lenses on your shirt. And because Crizal no glare lenses stay clear and reduce distracting glare, your friends and family can actually see your eyes, not just your glasses. Ashley. I do wear glasses. Yeah. That's and they're I've... always dirty. There you go. Nerd. Yes, we know what we should do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, look better, feel better, and most importantly, be prepared for whatever comes your way with clear vision. Go to Crizal.com. That's C R I Z A L.com. Start living life in the clear. I think I did okay. I mean, I screwed up. No, no more yeah, shrudges. <laughs> All right. So MWC is next week. Yeah. It's a thing. There's a bunch of stuff happening at MWC. There's a bunch of like telecom stuff that we should talk about, but the biggest thing happening at MWC is the LG G6. I'm going to come out. I want to tell the, st- the story behind the story. I want to get in the weeds. A year ago, the LG released the G5. Mm-hmm. It's a fact. There was an episode of the show where we talked about it, and I said LG needs to get on this right now because the next one will be called the G6. Wait, oh, okay, I'm not going to interrupt. I'll let you just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you, we all sense where it's going. There's a lot of tension in the air right now in the broadcast. <laughs> the marketing, I, LG's been doing this like slow dribs and drabs marketing thing this year with the G6. Here's a picture, here's a leak. They, they, they're pitching stories like the G6 will have a USB port. You know, it's like things that you know. Like here, the screen. Would you like to do a story about our phone having a screen? But they have yet to do what I think is the most obvious thing, which is announced that Far East Movement will be playing in Barcelona. <laughs> I said it, I couldn't resist. Far East Movement will be playing a <laughs> concert, concert in Barcelona where they will perform the song Like a G6. So I asked Michael Singleton, who does a lot of work reporting on bands and music, hey, can you just email Far East Movement to see if they're booked? And the band wrote back instantly and said, LOL, no, but that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> 
So then I had Vlad email LG and be like, hey, have you guys booked this? Oh my God, you made Vlad do this? I made, <laughs> by the way, Vlad did not want to do this. I mean, I know. That's why he, I can't believe he, he made He was him like, do what's this? the story here? And I was like, well, they're missing the, the easiest marketing <laughs> opportunity in the history of the world. And he's like, I don't understand. And I like that you gave this assignment to literally the one person who was waiting with bated breath. You're like a G6, right? Yeah. That's the story, right? Yeah. So LG was like, no, but put us in touch with the band. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> So maybe it's still going to happen. This is true. We might make this happen. But this joke that we've been telling for a year at the top of the show came from this song because I think the lyrics are wrong. Andrew, do you have the, do you have the clip? Do you understand that when the G, LG puts out the G6, we will listen to like a G6 in 2017, unironically, it's a massive corporation, like just bumps that song at us. It's, un, it's inescapable. Everyone just be warned. Today, know this. A year from I'm, now, we'll be on the show. I'm quitting next January. Listening to like a G6. No, like, it, it, it will come for us. They have I ever told you about the Scissor Vodka? Year. Wait. Yeah, I quit looking for whatever song it is you're looking for. <laughs> oh, you're the worst. Can I tell you a story about that lyric? No. It's really yes, bad. please. Okay, I'm just saying... If LG blows this opportunity, I don't know what they're doing. Like, they have a phone right now called the G5. They should already be stealthily playing this song, like, in clubs, in the background of, like, LG TV commercials. Mm -hmm. It should just, they should be setting the stage for Like a G6 to come back huge. Seating it to the right DJs. Without yeah. a like, doubt. Just mix it in. Next year, they're going to go with, like, the G5X. They, they, they will screw this up. Okay, here we go. The G6 in the song Booty Bounce was sampled in Like a G6. Came about when the song's producers, the Cataracts, were looking for a rhyme for the line Sippin' Scissorp in my ride like 3-6. Yeah. A reference itself to the 2000 song Sippin' on some syrup by rap group 3-6 yeah. Mafia. They, wait, wait, wait. They settled on G6... Meant to be a reference to the private airplane model Gulfstream 4, <laughs> referred to as a G4. It had been name-checked in many songs, including Drake's 2009 Forever, as G4. A G6, they decided, was flyer than a G4. Yeah, that makes sense. That so makes, there's a real spec race going on in the private jet industry. It's not even a real name. It's not even a real plane. They literally made it Well, there's up. a G650. Micah corrected me. Yeah, but me that, that, I... that was, that's some retcon yeah. stuff right there. Yeah. That's not like, it's not like, they're like oh, sure, G650. I'm just saying, we listened it. to that clip. That was literally one year ago, I believe, this week, today, on this show. Uh, you heard Nicola Fumo. You heard Emily Yoshida. Jay Kastrakis, who's still alive. <sighs> um, he didn't quit. Nicola, <laughs> Emily, they're doing great. We'll bring him back on the show someday. But they blew <laughs> it. Episode. But they, they blew it. They being LG, LG not, just not blew JK. it. Mm -hmm. There are so no. many opportunities, and they blew it. But to Chris's heart, to Chris's point, it doesn't make sense anyway. I, 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 I think <laughs> it was a number one no, song in no, the country. No, 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 no. Well, now that there will be a literal G six. I think the Far East movement needs to go back and re-record and pick a higher <laughs> number, an unattainable <laughs> number. I just, I don't think Far East movements do anything. I think they're they're sitting around. <laughs> They're like, remember 2010? We were the shit. I can't believe that was in 2010. 2010, number one song in the like country. 2003. No, 2010. I was. Wow. Uh, we, so, we were all wee babes, <laughs> and we had no idea what was going on, and we and it just it didn't happen. 
now it's so, over. So basically what you're saying is, is Far East Movement is sitting around, making music. It's good, but it's not, like, great. But it's really not getting the attention that it deserves, even though it's, like, pretty good. Like, you'd be happy if you are listening to it. But you're paying more attention to, like, other more popular stuff. Yeah. So we've really come full circle because now Far East Movement truly is like a G6. Oh, God. Because <laughs> this phone... Yeah, no, dude, it's going to be fine. It, it just... It's like... I, it, I, I, I don't know if anybody follows Dieter's Twitter account. That was like listening to him compose a tweet in real time. <laughs> 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 All right. Anyway, there's other MWC stuff. There's a bunch of 5G things happening. Yeah. Ugh. Which seem very confusing. And the only thing I'll say about them is Verizon is already testing 5G networks in 11 cities in America soon. Uh-huh. It's not mobile 5G. It's designed to compete with wired internet access, which is cool. That's a cool idea. Um, but they are doing some mobile 5G testing. AT&T is doing some mobile 5G testing. There are already modems announced. The standards body, which still to this day is called the 3GPP, so they should maybe figure that out because mm-hmm. they're a couple numbers behind. Uh, they haven't released their draft standard. And if you look into it, I, I did some research last night. AT&T and Verizon are arguing about what the standard should be. Well, there, right now there is no such thing as 5G. There's a logo. There's a logo. There's a, they, they've do. approved a logo. But, you know. It looks very I could, friendly. I could draw three, like, Cocentric arcs, yeah, and call it Wi-Fi. That doesn't mean no, I have a the, Wi-Fi the, standard. The three G PP again, couple couple <laughs> of numbers behind. <laughs> to haven't figured out a good name for them as a standard. They have approved a five G logo mm-hmm. in preparation for their forthcoming five G well, standard. Yeah, 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 yeah. But what is going? And then there's going to be a bunch of news in Barcelona mm-hmm. about that. Who but there's a real possibility that what Verizon calls 5G is a different technical standard than what the rest of the world well, calls 5G or AT&T calls 5G or whatever. So the other thing, and I think the most concrete, real, helpful news yeah. is that there is, is gigabit LTE is, is coming. Also out. coming. Yep. And, and that's like things that chips will support and then hopefully networks like LTE networks, like LTE Advanced, is going to kind of start moving towards gigabit. The Who's going to be the first to call gigabit LTE 5G? Is that, it T-Mobile that, or so, Absolutely so that's T-Mobile. What I'm saying. That's Are what you I'm kidding saying. me? John Ledger's going to get on stage and like pull from a 40 and be like, fuck it, it's 5G. Be- because We're the, the uncarrier. And then he's going to like throw the bottle and walk away. Actual 4G standard set by the 3GPP <laughs> is the, the, the 4G standard is gigabit. Yeah. So what we that, are, that's the top end of the 4G standard. But we're um, just getting to that. Yeah. That, that's a, the man, you remember the, the original 4G thing yeah, yeah, was yeah. the top end of the 3G standard was fast enough to be was as fast as the slow end of the LTE standard. So T-Mobile was like, "Screw it, we have a really fast 3G network. It's as fast as your slow LTE network. Our thing is called 4G." Like that was the original debate. So now we're going to yeah. get it into a period where gigabit LTE will come out. They won't know how to brand it because they've already gone through Ultra, LTE Advanced and LTE Ultra so, and whatever other dumb name Verizon has. Real 4G is supposed to have peak one gigabit speeds. The real standard is peak one gigabit. That right. doesn't mean the standards uh, are defined in bands of speeds. Yeah, so but like, nobody's been shipping peak for. 
No, that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying the exact thing you're describing is what happened with I 3G. I don't think we are in the 4G era as defined by these people. Well, I, I got bad news for you, Paul. They yeah. have decided it's called 5G. <laughs> they put out a goddamn logo, and they're going for it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, 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 just, so, I, think, I, I think there are, are... Do you want me to send you to Spain so you can stand on street corners? <laughs> Screaming <laughs> telecom executives? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm ready. I, I, actually, this is a question for... for I believe Neelai and Dieter will actually be responsible for making this very important decision at our publication. Yeah. Uh-huh. When T-Mobile calls slightly faster LTE 5G within the next six months, what are we going to do about it? We're going to call them on we're it. We're going to say like we it's stupid. Yeah, yeah. But at some point, we're going to have to like have, and then like all the carriers will, will fairly soon start calling their service we did, 5G. But I'm saying we did this. We called it. Remember, we called it yeah. Foji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, we kind of that kind I of mean, ran out of steam. Like I'm saying, back, back <laughs> in the day, let's not we, just repeat our actions of the past. Let's we're going to hold them. fast. What was AT&T's I'm going to get on my boat hey. with my barometer laptop and we will sail to the future of truth. Oh my god. At least AT&T back when it on um, the Edge network it did 2.5G, right? They when they had like no our Edge is really good. It's 2.5. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll call it 4.5G. Yeah, there's a real 5G. chance they'll do that. I I'm just saying uh, the mobile standards war which we have thankfully not had for years because LTE just sort of took over is coming back. Like yep. it's just absolutely coming back, and I think we'll, we'll find. If out. only there was a uh, division of the government that could force them to like create a wireless standard so that things would be compatible and there wouldn't be a format war. That will like no, a, no, that will like happen. a federal commission for communications, <laughs> no, something like that. Well, so that will happen in Europe, I'm sure. This isn't yeah. this but isn't a even, format war. It's people a mobile are, standards war. People are generally agreed on the technology they're going to use. No, that's they're what just I'm not saying. What they're gonna uh, I don't no, think no, they no, are. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm sure the European carriers and AT&T will agree eventually on the technical standard that they use, whatever that ultimately is. Verizon is already off doing tests with their own standard, and they are already in the middle of a pretty heated argument with AT&T that could split. So they will all call it that, that. That's like it's already happening. So like Verizon's already doing tests, they're announcing modems, doing all this stuff. They have a huge network, mm-hmm. so they have the ability to get Qualcomm and Sony Ericsson and all the other vendors to like make them stuff. There, there's just a chance they make a hard turn and say the Verizon network will be better than everyone else's network. We want to roll out the stuff faster. Our 5G is actually our own implementation of millimeter wave, blah blah blah. And AT and T, which generally follows the European standard. We'll follow the Europeans soon. It's going to be a mess. I'm very excited. This is stressing me out. Yeah. Anyway, this is job security right here. But Dieter, <laughs> I'm so stressed. Dieter, <laughs> I know you just brought up the FCC. Even when I talked to Tom Wheeler about 5G standards, I think I interviewed him a year ago. I was like, "Are you going to set a standard?" And he was like, "No, no, no, no. We would never do that. The market has winners and losers." And I was like, "Really? Like, Sprint picked WiMAX, and now Sprint sucks, and will always suck." thus forevermore and he's like yeah shit happens so like i i don't think like <laughs> i don't think our fcc no matter democrat or republican run running it wants to pick technical standards for the networks right they want to allocate spectrum efficiently and do all that stuff but they, there was no interest even from tom wheeler in specifying a standard there's much more interest in europe right at the highest levels of the various european Country governments, right. and which is EU. which is why everybody else on the planet uses GSM, uh, and we're the only. I mean, us and like 
pockets of Korea do CDMA, right? Right. It's Verizon. Well, and, I guess China's got some CDMA. Right. And, and, right. and so that's the thing. Like Verizon could build their whatever. I don't know the, the technical names of these standards are yet because they haven't been locked down. But there's a chance that 5G splits along that GSM CDMA axis with Verizon at AT&T again. <sighs> Which would suck. It would be terrible because then we're going to have to deal with like, oh, you can use this phone on this carrier, but not that carrier. And who's going to make the first phone that like has modems for all of them? Yeah. And we're going to end up with like, remember the- Ashley literally, literally, literally looks really stressed, stressed, stressed right now. <laughs> <laughs> I keep seeing these articles on our site. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What was the first LTE phone on Verizon that ha- it was like the HTC Thunderbolt or something? It yes. was like literally the size a of a Mac truck. It was, it was great. so big. I thought you were saying it. Dieter, speaking of the FCC, there's a bunch of other FCC news. Our our boy Agit is just moving. He hate faved. Yeah. He hate faved for one of our oh stories. Oh my god, that was amazing. Which is great. Uh, <laughs> but he just did his first big interview on CNBC. Jake wrote a great piece, kind of breaking down his answers. His answers come down to we're going to reduce taxes on ISPs. He calls them broadband opportunity zones, which he actually needs Congress to do. So he reduced taxes and make it easier for ISPs to like leave fiber. And he's doing this thing. I actually need to write about this in some way. He's doing this thing that the telecom industry loves to do, which he's taking credit for the tech industry, right? So I don't, that conflation to me is always really gross. Unpack this. Uh, so is, he has, this, li- he has this line in this interview where he's like, this is the most dynamic industry the world has ever known. Why would you want to regulate it? That is not true of internet access. Internet access is not the most dynamic industry the world has ever known. It is one of the least dynamic competitive marketplaces in, the, in, in America, at least. What is the most dynamic industry is the stuff that's built on top of it. So devices, gadgets, apps, services, that stuff is really super competitive because there's freedom of access to it. So that conflation, that's like when the CEO of AT&T is like, the iPhone's great, and if you regulate us, the iPhone will go away. And it's like... That's not true. Like, no one likes you. They like iPhones. And if you would just get out of the way of their phones, we would be happier. And I I think this is the move that you make when you want to deregulate telecoms because no one likes their telecom provider. Like, no one likes their cable company. No one likes their wireless provider. No, like, you don't like, you don't like your wired internet provider. What you like is the stuff that lives in the layer above it. And I, I think that he's he's doing this conflation, which yeah. just truly bothers me. Do you think being Paul a, a big at me. telecom, rich telecom executive makes it easier to hear things, to constantly hear Neil I tell you that no one likes you? Like, they're listening to this podcast, yeah. like, no one likes you. They have actual no boats. You. I'm on the East River Ferry. That dude's on a yacht. Yeah, like, it's a different yeah. game. Okay. When I was at MWC, like, 100 years ago, Chris Siegler yeah. and I interviewed the CEO of AT&T at the time. Yeah. And the room we were in got double booked. And so our interview got cut short. But the people who needed the room were freaking out because they were going to have a meeting in there really soon. And so they needed to set up the chairs. CEO of AT&T, who I forgot his name. <laughs> because <laughs> was, it, was it Randall Stevenson? No. So the previous CEO. Yeah. Was it Ralph De La Vega? Yes. Yep. Help help set up the chairs. Yeah, he didn't Aww. have to do that. No, he's Look, a good guy. He's a good guy. Randall Stevenson. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, he has said a number of things about like 
wanting his company to be more diverse and inclusive and tolerant. Like, like nobody would want to run a hated company. No, the CEO of Comcast, when I asked him, why do you run the most hated company in America? First, he looked at me like he was going to shoot me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then he looked at me like he was going to pull his investment from Vox Media. <laughs> 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 and then he said, I don't, we don't wake up every day wanting to run the most hated company in America. Right. Their incentives are such that they inevitably run the most hated companies in America. They have not a lot of competition. So Spectrum in New York, which is – this is like a classic cable company move. Charter bought Time Warner Cable. They said everyone hates Time Warner Cable. It's called Spectrum now. Uh, Spectrum has got sued by the Attorney General of New York for telling people they're getting faster than they, than they, they knew they could deliver. Mm. It wasn't like – you told them and you, you, know, you messed up. It's you maliciously lied to the people of New York. So we're suing you for it. Mm. They don't have competition. They have no incentive to do anything except maximize their profits. So when you call it the most dynamic industry in America, there's only four national wireless carriers. Well, this is why I want. It's four. What I really want is wireless gigabit LTE yeah. to compete with wired broadband. I, so I think that's pretty smart. Right, if we can get there, but it, even if you get to there, then you're looking at wireless gigabit LTE or whatever 5G standard happens and it's really fast, great. But the way they manage those networks means they're not peers to the wired networks. So you'll still end up with zero rating and throttling over a certain gigabit ca- gigabyte cap. Mm. Like you'll be making a different set of decisions and the wireless networks are way more expensive than the wired networks. Mm-hmm. So you're paying more money for a worse class of service, and that's supposed to be competitive to wired. Well, maybe you know what we should faster. do is we should ask these questions to Ajit Pai, chairman <laughs> of the FCC, who will not come on the show no matter how much we tweet at him. But I encourage you to tweet him in any way. He's at Ajit Pai FCC. Well, this, so the, if the, you tweeted him yeah. and asked him to come on the show, I'm sure if you're on Twitter, you know Dieter and I will immediately retweet that You guys tweet. are so good at that. <laughs> we are, <laughs> we're not being kind to him, but he's a public servant. He runs the internet. Our business is based on the internet. I'm not at all shy about saying his actions could threaten my livelihood because of the internet you know and what? the thing that we all love. So I think you should answer some hard questions. I'll be kind to him. I know you'll be I kind to him. I love this guy. Oh, my god! I mean, he's like a big nerd. He's Look, a big I'm nerd, sure and he says person. the things that I want. And, and to be honest, like I think he's super stoked on unlicensed spectrum. I just love hearing the words. No, and they did LTE the, unlicensed. The innovation possible in unli- the space of unlicensed spectrum. But I no one disagrees about that. coming out of, oh, my gosh. That's no, so exciting. that's great. And they just did LTE unlicensed. There's a whole thing. Look, they're doing mm. some things that are great. Yeah. But when you say the industry that you regulate, the telecom access industry is the most dynamic industry that the industry the world has ever seen. You're not telling the truth because the thing that's built on that industry is the most dynamic indus- industry the world has ever seen. Mm. So don't let that industry screw with the thing that the people like. And like that, you gotta, you have to pull that apart. AT and T is not the tech industry; they're the telecom industry. They don't make anything good. What is one product AT&T has ever okay, made okay, okay, that you okay. love hey, the way hey, that you hey, love a tech product? Okay, th- this is – I feel like that's kind of me. Like the United States is a huge country and it has one of the fastest, best LTE rollouts of anywhere in the world. We're competing with Singapore and South Korea. Like we're yeah. up there with tiny Asian nations with some of the best LTE on the planet. It's really expensive. It's actually pretty good. It's not perfectly consistent, but we covered a huge geography. Right. We did a good job. 
They did a good they job. They did a good job. They were, but I they didn't were, help them at all. They did a good job. But I they, paid them a hundred something dollars but, a month, and they did a good job. But they didn't do a good job because they were. How do I phrase this? They the reason they did a good job is they saw the explosion of interest in mobile created by a company that they had actively tried to shut down in the past. So Steve Jobs went into Verizon and said, here's the iPhone, and they said, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. that's, that's not doing a great job, right? Because that happened, because there was open innovation on a platform, they realized, oh, mobile video and mobile data usage is going to explode. We should build networks, our primary business, that can capture that action. But had they been trundling along on their own, they wouldn't have even had that opportunity because they wouldn't have put out devices that would have created that amount. The, their return on investment in building 4G and LTE was created by other people. Other people created devices and services the, that made their network valuable. I mean, When they controlled the, their network, mm. they did not put out devices and services that made 3G rollout in the United States worthwhile. Well, but you, it's true you in can Europe. Believe in your heart that they have but in Europe, done nothing, but respond that, to the market. I think that they but have I feel responded like a to the market. Companies should respond to the market, right? But they what they want to do is extract more, more profit. Yeah, which absolutely. is great. And so, if you don't have true great competition, mm -hmm. there's nothing to check that profit-seeking impulse. So, in a super competitive market, there's all there's there's a natural check on your profit-seeking impulse. That makes you act in the consumer interest, so you capture more consumers. This is why Uber and Lyft are like in a war, and Lyft is like, "Hey, we're not run by assholes." Like that's their competitive advantage. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I don't. You don't. There's only four of those carriers, and if you if you're looking for wire, there's only usually one or two, and one of them is far inferior to the other. I, I, well, all I'm saying is these are reasonable debates to have, and you should have. We should have them. I like having them with you, like I really do, but. You can't say this slice of the industry is the most dynamic industry the world has ever seen. You can't use that to take credit for the other thing. And I think that's the move, that's the rhetorical move you make in order to avoid regulating companies that generally don't have a ton of competition. If the market was w wildly competitive, let, let them run. I, like, I don't think you should regulate Uber. I think they will not buy leather jackets for their female employees and people will delete the app and then everyone will use Lyft. Fine, Lyft won. They they were more competitive, on a, like a axis that people care about. Let it, let them burn themselves out and die. I don't care. But here, there's just not competition. You don't believe me. Ashley does. Ashley's nodding her head. I think Ashley's nodding her head about you being full of ticks. <laughs> I'm not even gonna wade into this. I'm just it's I'm just thing. shocked you believe that there's competition. Yeah, I'm it, sorry. That's like well. What, what's your internet? Do you have Spectrum? I don't know. My roommate pays for it. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's excused from this conversation. We do have, we do have right. competition. My roommate and I both have our own wireless wireless routers, and we interfere with each other that's over unlicensed <laughs> That's what you want. All right, Ashley, I'm, the entire lightning round belongs to you. You ready? I'm just going to throw. Oh, yeah, this gonna, is all my, I'm gonna, my This is things. all you. Okay. <laughs> Snapchat spectacles now available online. Yeah, it makes sense. Oh, that's another one. Snapchat in their IPO filing said losing net neutrality could threaten our business. Like the companies worry about it. I think spectacles are a huge fad. They won't go anywhere. By the way. Yeah, I don't think anyone's going to buy them, and that's that's the thing. But I'm going to buy them <laughs> yeah. eventually when I 
one day do it. I keep seeing Sam Sheffer post selfies of himself wearing spectacles, but I never see him Sam post videos. Sam is really trying to make spectacles. But he never posts videos from the spectacles. Yeah. I'm only going to get them because so, I'm, well, ideally I'm going to Mexico next week. Mm-hmm. So I would have liked them for Mexico because it's like home videos. Yeah. Just easy. That's the only reason. I, I don't think spectacles have to like change the world to be a success. They're like a fun little project. The people that use them enjoy them. There'll be another version. Uh, it doesn't have to be a blockbuster. It doesn't like, I don't know. I like. I, I always have this problem when people are like, "There'll never, there'll never be another iPhone for Apple." So what? Yeah. Like one is enough. They can do. They can be successful with smaller things. I think the spectacles are, like, they're fine. They prove that they could like make an a, a camera on your face so it didn't piss people off. That is an accomplishment worth praising. Yay, spectacles! I'm done. Yeah, but. Snapchat doesn't have any other products and they're being publicly <laughs> offered. So it's sort of like, okay, if spectacles suck, literally how are you gonna make money? Yeah. And they have they have Snapchat. But Snapchat isn't profitable. Yeah. And they, they owe more money to Google than they are like projected to collect. <laughs> it's true. They run on Google's cloud. Yeah, um, and Eli made me watch their thirty minute video. <laughs> <laughs> You're a reporter. <laughs> Well, I was hoping it would be good, but then it was all about ads. It wasn't like Ashley. That's like, I want you to spend a delightful 30 minutes. Okay, well, all of it was about ads, and I learned a lot about ads, is what I'm trying to say here. All right. I'm really interested. Lightning round. May 2? You played with their phone. Yes. They make really beautiful phones. Yeah. They're cool. So they, Me Too is that um, people probably know it because it was the viral selfie app yeah. that supposedly was spying on you. It wasn't, but yeah. So t- so they delivered this phone to you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work here because no, it's a Chinese only, phone. Yeah, a Chinese phone. But it has inbuilt selfie software. Yeah. So I'm super into this space and I'm waiting for the iPhone to come with some like beautification settings. But Interesting. Well, in, that's, I have something to say, but go keep going. So Me Too, and uh, honestly, um, Huawei does this as well, but Me Too obviously is known for its selfie apps. Also, they have like makeup apps. That's kind of their bread and butter. They're publicly offered in China, by the way, and they're for billions of dollars. Like This is a big deal company. So they have this selfie phone, and the whole shtick is that you can use it, take a photo of yourself, and it automatically beautifies you with AI. It can sense your skin tone, your lip color, yeah. and... And there's like a, there's a, there's like a slider. Yeah, there's so a, different. You should levels. read Ashley's piece because she has photos. Yeah, and one of the photos, the, the okay. Max, but here's the thing: the max setting photo of you looks insane. Well, so I was like, "This is crazy!" And literally, I put that article up, and a Racked reporter <laughs> messaged me. I was like, "Girl, your skin looks amazing here." <laughs> she didn't read the piece, of really? course. So she's like, "Oh my god, your skin looks so good! What are you doing?" Wow. And I was like. Dude, this is fake. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so apparently it's a good trick. So this is like a weird break because you're like, I can't wait for the iPhone to do this. Walt and Lauren Good and I have taken a meeting with like Apple camera engineers where they have said, we're never doing this. Right? If you want to do this, you can get an app on your phone that will do it for you. But our unnamed Asian competitors are doing this, and they definitely met Samsung because Samsung does this in a, like a baby scale. They'll do it, but we think what people want is more true-to-life photos. So that they've, in classic Apple fashion, they've made an idealistic, like, religious determination about what their phone will and not, will not do. And it's weird because it's somewhat clear that people like this a lot, right? Yeah, and like maybe in Asia, just, which is critical to their yeah. profit now. 
Yeah. So it's just interesting that like they're like whatever people will just use apps for this. Yeah. And it's true. There are a lot of apps on the phone that do this. Totally. And Me Too has those apps. And that's what was interesting to me too is like even with Snapchat, like this really made me think about Snapchat's hardware products because Snapchat is a camera app, right? Mm-hmm. And now they're a camera company, quote unquote. Me Too was an app. Right. By the so, way, Snapchat's saying it's a camera company. Yeah. It's like, you know they all died, right? Like, <laughs> are you going to make SLRs now? What's your plan? Yeah, that's why I'm really wondering what they're like, how they're going to interpret that phrase they're using. But yeah. it seems like you want to be at the ground level of the hardware, right? So right. wouldn't it make sense for Snapchat to maybe put their software directly into a camera? Like a smartphone camera. Like You think Snapchat's going to make a phone? I don't know. All I'm saying is Me Too is similar. Do you think they gave they came and gave that phone as part of like a, hey, let's see if American consumers are into this when people write about it? and then we'll Well, I called them up after their app went viral just because I had never heard of them. And then I was like, holy crap, this is a really big deal company. So I just yeah. wanted to talk to them. And then they offhand were like, oh, yeah, we're also putting out a, another phone. Yeah. I was like, oh, I had no idea you made phones. So that's like, great. Oh, yeah, we can let you try it. Neat. Okay, this is a crazy theory. Tell me if I'm I'm being dumb. But like, the early mobile phones—they're all like super generic. They nailed the like basics uh, pretty early. The address book—you can make a phone call. You can play a snake. And then there was that period of just like weird, wild uh, evolutions of that idea. And and then uh, it died because smartphone came. And then smartphones were, like, all new and interesting every time they announced them. But now we're hitting, hitting the point where it's like, okay, we kind of know what a smartphone is. They're all kind of the same. Are we getting to a point where we could start just seeing really weird experimentation like a Snapchat Android phone that is dedicated almost exclusively to beautiful selfies? I don't think – I'm curious what Dieter thinks in particular. I don't think we're at a place where phones are going to – get more specialized right like there's that's a problem the game is convergence and i think i think people are going to get frustrated with apple i wrote a little bit this week about like apple's preventing innovation in some ways like you have we're at the point with phones where to do more you do need more hardware level access and apple's just not going to give it to you in ios right they're going to give you metal so you can make better games but if you are Doppler Labs and you made the Hear One earbuds and you develop a competitor with a W1 chip, you can't install a driver for your chip. Right. If, if you truly owned your phone, you could install MeToo's software to automatically filter every photo you take. Right. So th- Apple's never going to allow right. you into their camera. App. So I think, I think it's less that Snapchat will make a phone. I think it's more that companies that make Android phones that are dominant will understand that, that as a competitive advantage. But we'll, who, the, who the hell knows? Uh, Dieter, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the I think that there we'll see it like a couple times a year. I mean, we have for a while now, but none of them have worked, right? Like the G5 didn't work. Um, <laughs> Motorola. The G6 Moto's marketing a, is a disaster. Uh, <laughs> Moto's having a little <laughs> bit better success with Moto Mods. Um but I think we're more likely to see experimentation there. But the market just isn't into it. Like, I don't know, man. I, it's not a Vergecast unless I mention Palms. So here goes. Here it is. Um, yes. I really kind of miss the Veer a little bit. Or like, do you remember the 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 Sony Android phone that was like the, exactly the size of a bar of soap? Yeah. And like it, it, it was like a horizontal slider and had a little keyboard underneath it. Um my my wife just got an iPhone uh, SE, 
and it was like so small and cute and like there is part of me that wants just like a little phone like a phone to like when i cross the border and i don't want you know ice to see my shit that i like just like have some basic apps on it but it's really tiny well, what do you guys there's think a bunch of stuff about that i would like to see that but i don't think the market is rewarding it yet and on like we'll see some experiments but until one of them is like kind of a little bit of a surprise we're not going to go back to the weird zone for a while because people are still fighting tooth and nail to uh, be number three behind Apple and Samsung. What do you think about the the Nokia 3310 revival <laughs> rumor? You've got to be waiting for the flips. Um, I know you're waiting for the flips. <laughs> I'm always waiting for that. <laughs> Wait, but Dita, is that is was that what you want? Kinda, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I I want like a little bit more. I do want like a screen. I want to be able to like check my email in a pinch and 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 maybe have. Like a QWERTY keyboard. Hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. Is on a, I like on a the tiny idea, phone, you need a physical keyboard. I just like the idea of a phone as something I can swap out really easy. Like, this is my nighttime phone. Mm. And it's my Right. Phone. So, for example, if all the phones mm. ran on one unified cell standard, you can just move <laughs> some, like, some sort of chip, like some sort <laughs> of embedded chip that contained your customer details. Yeah. And yep. you could just take it out and put it in another... Open standards, Paul! <laughs> Why don't we have software-defined sims, Eli? Because <laughs> what do you do? You log into your phone like a chump? Who's, whose fault is the lack of software-defined sims? Probably the carrier. <laughs> All right. Uh, He's got you. <laughs> it's super true. <laughs> Maybe we should regulate time. the carriers. No. <laughs> software sims, All right, last please. one. True lightning round. The show has gone way too long, but it's been a fun one. Uh... Ashley, you're out of this. There was there was a case uh, December. There was a murder. The cops went into the the suspect's house, and they got a warrant to search his Amazon Alexa history. And Amazon replied today, and they said it's all protected by the First Amendment. Yeah, which is incredible. Yeah, I was actually interested to hear what you thought of like if you read the. I did. Russell and I were both reading it. Um, it seemed like I'm obviously not a lawyer. But to me, I was like, oh, this kind of makes a little sense. I mean, it was stretching it, but I was like, mm. uh, well, it's so I mean, what's the what's the base of the argument? So why they're Alexa saying gets that like person? both what you ask the Alexa to do is protected because you're seeking information. Eli, you can use okay. your official jargon and sure. I mean, that's right, right? Okay. Like you, what you request in terms of media is generally protected by the First right. Amendment. So, and then whatever Alexa replies to you is also protected because the algorithm that Amazon is using qu- is qual- like qualifies as an opinion. This all goes back to other cases like with Google. Uh, like Google as a search engine, what they rank is technically like an opinion which is right. protected. So that's what Amazon is. There's a lot more it might be, really it might be interesting to do a, a survey of this Sunday, but there's a lot of case law that Google has produced over the years about what is and isn't protected by the First Amendment in terms of what you search, what is and isn't fair use under the copyright law because they, they collect so much information. It's it's probably un like not considered by most people that like Google as a company that developed its service was so was charting such a new territory that everyone sued it all the time. And the thing that you think of Google right now is actually protected by this huge array of opinions 
that determine the boundaries of what Google can do and what it can't do and what the cops can do and can't do. That's what was so shocking reading this is they were pulling from so many cases. And yeah. like, wow, like, A, you guys are super well-versed. Yeah. And B, just like, <laughs> I cannot believe how many opinions have been written on these hyper-specific. So it's interesting. This, this is what I thought of as a lawyer. As you read it, most of the cases are pretty local. Like, they're happening in circuits. They're not getting appealed up. They, like, stop. So the body of law isn't like universal across the country. So mm-hmm. Amazon in this case is like they're pulling from an Oklahoma case and like a New York case. And like they're trying to add up all of this disparate regional law into one argument to present to Arkansas to make regional Arkansas law. And like that's where I think it's going to get like in a perfect world, you know, the legislature would like fix it or, you know, one of these things would get appealed up all the way and the Supreme Court would like issue a rule because there's a split in circuits. But what was fascinating to me is the bad local news read on this is Amazon argues Alexa has free speech, which is a great local news headline. But really what they're saying is this is just a voice controlled search engine and every law, every, you know, opinion from the court that has thus far protected what happens with the search engine should apply to the Alexa. And they've got to make that argument, and that argument has to work. But what's different, I think, is that Amazon also has to prove that a microphone in your house that is theoretically recording or listening all the time isn't of such value to law enforcement. Like, there's a little bit of a difference. Like, the Google search engine open on your browser isn't of any value to a murder investigation, well, but seven was, far field microphones might be. That was the other part of that motion they filed, was that I guess you have to make a compelling enough case that you couldn't get this information elsewhere. Right. So Amazon said, well, if you could get into his Huawei Nexus phone, his 6P, you could go to his Alexa app and see every single thing that he has said to the Echo yep. and what Amazon has said back, and they can't crack his phone. Yep. So, so it's actually, that's the whole Apple yeah. like it gets. But and I was talking to Russell. Like, can't they just the guy the defendant is like alive? He's in jail. They could just yeah. put his finger on the back of the phone. Right. Mm-hmm. And Russell's like, well, that's Fifth Amendment. <laughs> that's compelled speech, with the, which the cops can't make you do. And I was like, well, just the, just ask the judge. Like, pick between the First Amendment and the Fifth. And Russell's like, that's not. You can't. You don't get to pick. No. Like they all count. If, <laughs> if I had been, if I were Amazon's head lawyer, this is this is what I would do. You ready? Yeah. Here, here goes. In the eyes of uh, U.S. federal law, uh, corporations are people, and Citizens United established that they have First Amendment's right to speech, and Alexa is a person made by a corporation, therefore it's a corporate person, therefore it has free speech rights. Anyhow, that is our show. It ended wait, wait, wait. Ashley didn't do the thing that oh, she does every segment. week. Every week. Ashley's Ashley. here every week. For my gadget segment Which called is called? Good Boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well wow. planned. Oh my god! All right. All right. Um, okay. In the Japanese town of Ohi, they developed a drone named Yuki Maru, and Yuki Maru is a dog who wears a bowler hat and a little bandana and flies around the town, being whimsical and looking cute and delighting people. And showing you around the town of Ojai. And I highly recommend watching this short commercial film about Ojai and y- y- Yuki Maru. <laughs> okay. 
Is this, do- is this a corporation's dog? This is the town of Ojai's dog. Mm-hmm. Is the town That's of Ojai a person? So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. So everybody banded together and bought a dog drone. I, I really in- dog. Is the speech of a town dog drone in Japan protected by the <gasps> First Amendment? Wait, question. So in Shibuya, there is the dog, there's a statue of the dog that waited outside for its owner, yes. even after the owner died, but it went, it went there and waited every day. That was a good point. What if Maru's creator died, and then the drone went waiting every day until it lost its charge, so it made it about six hours? <laughs> well, it's a drone, so like 30 minutes. Stupid drone. <laughs> Yeah, I'm there saying. is actually a whole backstory to this drone about mm-hmm. a temple and a dog. I really what? didn't pick up on the cultural subtleties, but um, yeah. Wait, is I, Maru I think... the name of the dog that waited at the train know. station? <laughs> <laughs> All oh right, gosh, we're going to, Chris, <laughs> go do some more reporting on this dog. <laughs> Figure it out. And meet uh, Maru, the smiliest dog in Japan. That can't be the same one. <laughs> I think it is. I just is. need to point out that I let a Temple of the Dog joke uh, just pass right by. Mm-hmm. I think it's definitely time to end this episode of The Bridge. <laughs> Goodbye. Uh, that's been it. Uh, I would say there's been uh, ups and downs. Uh, there's been a lengthy segment where we just played an old Verge cast. That was great. Uh, there's been <laughs> Triumph. There's been Extreme Disappointment in LG. You still have time. Just putting that out there. Uh, you know, there's been a, there's been a flying dog. You can listen to other shows that we make that are vastly different than this. Walt and I do a show called Control Alt Delete. Uh, it's it's better in some ways. It's certainly more organized. Uh, Lauren Good makes an excellent show called Too Embarrassed to Ask. Uh, Kara Swisher does Recode Decode, and Peter Kafka does Recode Media, which is uh, one of my favorite things to listen to. So listen, it's all on iTunes. Go rate and review it. You can tweet at us. You know, just let's let's keep it clean, everyone. Uh, Ashley is Ashley R. Carmen. Paul is future Paul. Dieter is at Backlon. Plant is at Plant. By the way, Plant, I don't know if my dad tweeted you worked today or not. I don't think it did. Does anyone know the answer to this? Twitter allegedly made a change where you don't need to put a period in front of someone's name when you at tweet them. Oh, whoa. And so I didn't do it. I didn't put it a period when I tweeted about Plant's switch story. And Plant was like, dad tweet. You blew it. It was like they changed it. The tweet got very low engagement. So I don't know if that's true or not. Anyway, you can tweet at all of us. I'm at Reckless. I think I said that. I don't know. Um, you can leave comments. You can email us. I'm thinking we should start doing uh, viewer questions, opening a phone line. We've done that in the past. Mm. I'm thinking mm. about it. Let me know if you want to do that. Uh, I'm also doing a new thing every day where I'm trying to do. I'm trying to write something every day. It's like a thing. So I'm trying to do this thing called show notes, which is basically how I prep for this show. I just like look at the site and like have thoughts. I don't know. It's like a thing. Read that. Let me know if that's any good, because I want to keep doing it. Is there anything else? Do you remember missing anything? Oh, uh, if you're buying glasses, put Crizal no-glare lenses in them. They're great. No smudges, scratches, anything else. Go to Crizal.com, C-R-I-Z-A-L.com. They're fantastic. No glares. Lenses. Crizal. Thank you. That's the first cast. We'll be back next week. God only knows what will happen. It'll be MWC. We'll know everything about 5G next week. Paul will be on street corner setting standards. That's it. Rock and roll. Paul. Paul. Cut through the night. Paul. Bye. 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 <laughs>